What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I'm here with Anthony and Mike, and we are discussing episode two of season two of Shadow and Bone. Ah, I'm going to keep saying it. I'm so glad this show is back. I know. Jesper showed out this episode. Like, holy shit. Like, he, he, see, it's like, you know what it is? You know what it is? It's like, now that we know that he's a Durast, it's like every time we see him shoot, we're like, oh, yeah, okay. Of course he is. I mean, of course But they're also focusing on it a lot more than they, like, before they would focus on it. We could see just how skilled he was, but now that it's out in the open that this is what I can do, it's almost like the flourish is there. And like just the slow-mos. The slow-mos. And like the the gun twirls that he does. I'm like, oh, dude, he's a beast. Yeah, twirling the coat and the flips. And Jesper, like in this episode, just yes. And Anthony, I know you, you still are not on the Jesper train completely but you gotta admit he was badass in this episode he was all right oh you know what okay i'm, I'm cutting off. him off hold on wait give me control give me controls i'm, I'm turning i'm turning this camera off i'm turning look, it off look, right look, i'm about to mute look i'm muting him <laughs> <laughs> no nah, bro i can't even see i can't even justify that you I said he was all right i said he was all right he was more than all right in this episode Okay, I said he was getting better. I said he's, I'm almost on his ship. Y'all not y'all not um making it easy for me. We I'm, ain't even I'm talking fighting. about the snark. We're talking about just the skill and the badassery. I've never had played. an issue with the skill or the badassery. That that's fine. I'm I'm cool right. with him. This, he's good. This dude. Oh my god. I'm telling you, it's good. Bruh. I'm great. I'm I'm straight. Jesper has grown on me. He's all right. Okay. I guess we'll have to take the all right. Whatever, dude. <laughs> Fine. Fine. But Ooh. but but he was a badass in this episode. Like he like he showed his ass in this episode. And it's like I, I was so for it. And it's like this whole episode is like the setup and like getting to the end where Pekka Rollins thought he had everybody. And like, oh my God, that whole that whole sequence was just incredible. But yeah. yeah, I'm not gonna spoil it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but let me tell you, Jesper, his his gun skills at this point, at, you know, at, at that part of the episode, that was one of the best moments. But also, just the scenes with him and Wylan, like when he pulled Wylan up on the up under the wagon and was on top of him, and he was like, "Wait, oh yeah, oh you," and the Wylan was like, "He was like, you brought my screw waffles. You want to remember now, like." <laughs> This is the absolute wrong time for you to be remembering that we actually like have been in. <laughs> oh my god! Like now, dog? Really now? <laughs> can you save? Can you save us before you like start remembering shit? Like for real? <laughs> right before you start fawning over me or whatever the case may be. Whatever that was. Right. <laughs> it was funny though. <laughs> That was dude. funny. Because, I mean, I, I love Jesper, but sometimes he can be so clueless and it's funny when he does start, like, when he starts paying attention. Because Jesper is very much one of those just kind of, like, carefree, happy-go-lucky type people. Not to say that he's not smart, but it's like a lot of times he's just not paying attention. But when he does pay attention and it's like that light bulb goes off, he was like, wait, hold up. 
is the funniest thing because the expressions on his face and just his, the way he responds to things, you can't help but laugh at him. Like, Jesper, you couldn't tell that something was off of this dude when you walked into his workshop. And he was like, yeah, we've, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, a natural person would have looked at his expression, looked at the way he was acting and been like, wait, we have, have we met? Right. That's all yeah, I guess, I, and, and plus we have to keep remembering that they're in their early 20s, if not late teens. I mean, like, they're young, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. young, young people. Yeah. So it's like, they, they're not like in their 30s or something where it's like, oh, hey, I remember you. But it's like they're they're young, so they're like you know they they basically you have to remember that I mean young I mean I don't remember this because I'm in my early fifties, but it's like <laughs> I have to remember that young young people feel like they're invincible sometimes, so they're like you know I can handle this right now, and where bullets are flying past me, be like oh shit I remember this, and like can you handle this later? Like oh, okay let me handle this real quick hold on, right. but it's like but yeah it's like. That day, yeah, that whole sequence was fucking was hilarious and and just badass the way he took way that Jesper took care of it. But yeah, it's like that that whole with with um Inez and all that like that whole the whole thing was just like really cool. Yeah, I think I I remember Anthony saying that he likes heists and he likes you know the crow storyline specifically because it it's kind of heist like it's always a heist mm -hmm. and, and that's Heisty. that's the appeal yeah that's the appeal of them. Yeah, you know that that whole leverage feel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then this was like this was like a little minor heist, and it's like my my girl showed up and showed up and showed out in this episode. Yeah, yes, she did. Yep, and, and she got shot. Kendall, you know, and and just the whole way that Cass planned that, like he really did plan it well, but you can see that. Pekka is starting to get maybe a few steps ahead of him. Right. He's more, more than a few steps. He's, well, he's basically predicted every one of Kaz's moves. Yeah. Except for Nina. Yeah. Except for Nina. Except for Nina. Nina but, right. um, you know, we talked about this in the last episode where, you know, first season, Kaz was so well put together he was so observant and i think he still is in that way you can tell just by how meticulously he plans things but yeah. i think the problem is this is personal for him so it's starting to affect i, I think some of the way some of the ways that he thinks about certain things and if he doesn't get it together soon cuz again we see him kind of going into this slow downward spiral and and we get to, we get to see more and more of the flashbacks and what happened with his brother and with Pekka Rollins so going to the flashbacks Pekka Rollins was uh, he was he was he had taken on the persona of a man named Jacob Hurt Hurtzug I think was the name and Kaz's brother had come upon him Pekka Rollins basically told him, yes, you know, I do some investments for people, help them get rich quick. And, you know, Kaz's brother bought into this and, you know, had a little bit of money from his father's farm. He goes to Pekka Rollins' house. And of course, Pekka Rollins is in this big house and he took advantage of them. 
But, um, you know, we're still only seeing bits and pieces of Taz's past. But the thing that caught me, and I know this is probably, it, it could be that it's a common name, but when Kaz's brother introduced him to Mr. Herzog, he said, and this is my younger brother, Kaz. And I, of course, they went by a different last name than Wrightville. And I believe that is Kaz's original last name. But still, the fact that Kaz, I don't think that can't be a common name. You know, it's just one of those things yeah. where I'm like, OK, Peck, I need you to remember back. Like, but I guess, too, that just means that he probably has swindled a lot of people out of whatever it was. Or he probably, you know, whatever it was that he did with them. He's done it a lot. Yeah, he. I mean, he's probably he's probably like like a more advanced version of what, what's the what's the guy, the guy in Oliver Twist, the 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 main villain, the big guy in Oliver Twist. I can't remember his name. I cannot remember his name, but I know who you're talking about. He's kind of like him. It's like he he'll he'll use like whoever he can. It's like the younger the better because they're more they're more innocent and they won't they won't catch on as quick as quickly as someone older and more experienced and mm -hmm. he'll use them to his advantage and then toss them out like like tissue like right. like dirty laundry just be like you know i don't need you anymore so, right but yeah that's kind of like, not faustus i can't remember i'll remember later but yeah it, that, that's kind of that's kind of what that's kind of the feel that i got from him when they when they went up to his house mm -hmm. yeah but um We'll come back to Kaz and the Crows uh, in a little bit because th that's a lot going on with them in this episode. And yeah. I want to go uh, back to Alina's part of the story for a moment because as we remember from the last episode, she and Mal, they find themselves aboard a pirate ship that, well, excuse me. Privateer <laughs> ship. Privateer, Privateer ship. I'm sorry. Privateer <laughs> ship. <laughs> <laughs> Captain by a na man named Sturmhand. And um, you know, again, this is the this is the same person who financed their uh the crow's trip to um you know to try to capture Alina. Of course, Alina and Mal don't know this. This is you know, we we met him in the last episode when Kaz and Jesper had been arrested. But he basically tells Alina that there is a bounty on her. The Fjordas want 20 million Kruger for, you know, they, they want to pay 20 million Kruger for her and he's not planning to turn her in. And they kind of have a discussion about what, how they can help each other, you know, cause she was like, Hey, you can turn me into the Wrath and King for, for double that. This is what I need to do though. I want to tear down the fold because of course he thinks that she and Kerrigan were in league and she makes it very clear I was not his ally. You know, I want to tear down the foe. I'm going to help reunite uh, reunite Ravka. And that appeals to him. So she tells him about the plan to find the sea whip so that she can, you know, amplify her power. And he agrees to take her to do this. Now, I will say the level of disrespect he was giving Mal at the beginning, I was not here for it. He was the intense disrespect that he, he was like, "Who are you again?" It doesn't matter. 
No, nobody can't. respects Mal. You know what? And and I, you nobody know what? Does. And I can't stand. I can't stand that folks just dismiss him since, since day one. And I, I think that's almost intentional by the writers because I think he has a really important part to play, and he's easy to dismiss. Like he's easy to not pay attention to. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's like, just like, a lowly you, soldier who can who's really good at tracking. Mm-hmm. And they kind of see see him as a hanger on to the sun summoners like he's just like there he's like you know almost almost her valet it's like he's just like you know just hanging around because she he's her friend and she's just bringing him along it's like okay whatever just bring him because you're more important you're more important so whoever you want to bring along is fine you can you know it's fine yeah. and they and they overlook him but he's skilled it's like he had he actually has skills mm-hmm. he can actually help people help you get to what you need, especially when you're trying to find the sea whip. It's like he can track things. He's a tracker. Like, he's a skilled tracker. <laughs> yes, he's very good at what he does. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, I mean, I love Sturmon, but it's like the way that he was like, we have the sun summoner and what's your name? It doesn't matter what your he, he was like, he was almost like the rock <laughs> where he was like, what's your name? It doesn't matter what your name is. <laughs> I was like, "Come on, man! Give my man some props. Like, give, you know, give give him respect. Put some respect on his name. Mm-hmm. Like the dude is like, I mean, he found the stag and he knows what he's doing. Give the man some props." Yeah, but I think for someone like Starmon, I think someone like Mal. Yes, I would say he's probably disposable because he doesn't realize that about Mal. Like you can say one thing about a person, be like, oh yeah, he's a skilled tracker. But until you actually start seeing what he can do, because I mean, think about it. In Sturmhorn's position, he is a privateer. He's probably come across other trackers, other people who can find things, you know, maybe not to the extent of Mal, but other people who can track things down. You know, you you would assume being in the business that he's in, he probably has experience looking for things that people don't want found. But I think, you know, when they actually get on the boat and they, they start going towards where the sea whip is and like a lot of mouths, the things that he says make sense. And I think Sturmhan really starts paying attention to that, you know, like- Mal has a natural feel for these types of things and Starmon is paying attention. Right. Well, he 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 seems to collect people who have unusual talents. Yeah. Special twins, yeah. Yeah. He yeah. he seems to to see and then it's cool to have a a character who actually sees value in people for what they can do and not necessarily who they are. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and it's also it appears that he, like you said, he does collect people, but it's not necessarily for what they can give him. You know, yeah, I, I feel what like they, he, what they can do. Yeah. yeah, I feel like he's the type of person yeah. that gives a chance to people who others might overlook or might throw away or say, you know, oh, you know, I don't need anybody like, you know, with your skills or I don't need Grisha. Because well, it's one of those things like Mal is just a soldier. Like he can get soldiers come a dime a dozen, mm-hmm. but then Mal knows which way is north without a compass. Mm-hmm. Okay, you right. might have you might have some value. Yeah, like huh? <laughs> maybe, maybe I underestimated you. Yeah, so, yeah. It's but. like you know you gonna you gonna be you you will literally be lost without him. Like literally, you have no idea where the hell you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lucky compass or not, right? 
Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, so you do learn a little bit more about the twins on, on this, you know, on this little, I don't want to say cruise, but on this, you know, voyage. <laughs> <laughs> on this voyage, you know, I, I was gonna uh, start singing the Gilligan's Island theme, but I I decided the love boat soon will be making another run. I wasn't gonna go that route, no. but, yeah. <laughs> but um, so so oh the God. twins are Grisha and Howell the third. Oh my God! Here y'all go. <laughs> Sturmond is kind of Thurston Howellish. Thurston Howell, yes, he is. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he does have that vibe. He does. He does. But um, you know, you see that the twins are also Grisha. They are heart renders, and Tamar actually has an amplifier. So you know that sh I think is a shark's tooth behind her ear, mm -hmm. and um, you know, you see them bonding with uh, Alina on this voyage, and um, again, you you see. The different people that Sturmond has around him, they all seem like a bunch of good people. They all seem to be loyal to him, which is good, you know. Um, and I think a lot I have of a, that, question. a lot of that may put Alina and Mal at ease because it's not like he's the captain and and you see people who are not satisfied with him. Like everybody is jovial, everyone is in good spirit. So it's kind of like, okay, we might have found a good place to kind of let, I guess in a way you can say that they're laying low because nobody else knows that they're they're going after the sea whip whip and again with Alina having these visions of the darkling and her not knowing that he is actually alive, you know, I, I think it kind of takes their mind off of things a, a little bit, you know. To yeah, so thing. so when they when they're up there playing like their game of chance, they're playing cards and stuff. It's like I wouldn't play with either one of the twins because they're heart renders. It's like, why would you play with somebody who knows when you're bluffing? It's like they can they can like actually hear your heart when it starts beating fast when you're bluffing. It's like, I'm not playing with you. No, I have like I like keeping my money. What it's else like, are you that's, gonna that's do? Cheating. What else are I mean, you I'll do? I'll figure something else out instead of just like playing cards with them and they're like, Oh, you're bluffing, like fuck. It's like that's all my that's all the money I had. And it's like and then I'm mad. And I'm like, gotta go go over there, swab the deck, and get some more money and shit. It's like, no, it's like, cause heart renders. It's like you just can't, you can't do things like that with heart renders because they know, they know things, and it's evident when ne when when we get to the part with the crows where Nina figures out where where Pekka's books are. It's like you know, it's like they know things. They're really, they're really intuitive as to people's. Uh, to how to get to people and get them to give them what they want. That's it's not like, intuitive. They... That that's that's <laughs> that's not intuitive. Okay, it's cheating. That's... Yes, it's cheating. <laughs> okay, exactly. It's cheating. Well, Nina cheating. is a spy. If you give a spy heart render type powers, that's 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 an issue. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And the same that's thing like with the twins. The twins are, you know, it's like a cheat code. Be, yeah, they seem to already be pretty good at sussing crap out. Mm -hmm. And then you throw that, you know. Oh, you also heart renders. Oh yeah, good luck, good luck against them. You know? Yeah, it kind of, it kind of puts puts a different spin when people were running past when 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 the, when people were running after um, Mal in the in the first episode where they were like, okay, well this is either exciting or dangerous. Like, hmm. because they said they sense the heart the heart rate of people running past them and like 
like, oh, that's different. This is not people no, running. No, Mal like, wasn't running past them when um they were they were walking past when the commander was giving the speech to all the other people that um you okay. know uh Aretsev is a deserter and he's with the Sun Summoner who is wanted for because remember they still think that Elena was in cahoots with right. okay. Kerrigan, so they blame her partly for what happened in Nova Kabir's and for the fold um continuing yeah. to uh expand. So that's what they were looking at. They were like, oh, so there's some people who are wanted. Hmm, this could even be dangerous or this could be fun. And okay, then I yeah. guess at that point, they probably went back and told Sturmon, well, this is what we heard, or Sturmon probably said, okay, look, this is who we're looking for. We're looking for the Sun Summoner. And they're like, hey, we overheard this. So that's probably how they ended up. And then and then he said, and then Sturmon said that he bought out the docks so that he was yeah, that he was their only choice mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. get on the ship. So, so he yeah, knows how to plan some things on. too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I told you, just like I said last time, I love it. I'm, I'm like really starting to like this guy, like because like like, he, he's, he's smart as fuck, and he, and, and he's sarcastic as shit. It's just like you know, he, yeah, he, he has that little edge about. I'm like, okay, I like this dude. He hasn't told any bad jokes yet, so that's good. <laughs> I mean, you know that that that's the only, that's the only thing that's keeping me from making him my favorite character. But it's like I'm sure it's coming. But you know, we'll figure know. it out. But anyway, so like we said, he takes Alina and Mal. They they go in search of the Seep Whip, and um, they actually do find it. Now I will say this: from reading the books to what I saw on the screen, I was really expecting it to be maybe a little bit bigger, but um. I also it's was not, not expecting them to find it this quickly in the season because I was like, oh, kinda, we're doing yeah. this now. They're, they're it like, condensing it, it looked like a smaller version of the dragon that Shang-Chi was riding in Shang-Chi. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, mm -hmm. I think I mentioned that when we were off camera uh, right. talking about the last episode. But yeah, that's what it looks like. But um, they are able to find it Um and apparently that thing is not pleased about having been found <laughs> because <laughs> it, it does take out uh, quite a few of Sturmon's crew and get, and is ready to take out Mal before Elena attacks it and she ends up killing it, which I think disappointed her because I don't think her plan was to kill it. Just like with the stag, she wanted it to choose her. But unfortunately, yeah, she, she actually said that she didn't want them to kill it. She mm -hmm. was like, no, we're going to take it alive. We're going to take it and not kill it. And she mm -hmm. ended up killing it. It's like, yeah, I know. And she kind of had to. I mean, not just because of the fact that it was going after Mal, but I mean, it it was it was killing a few other folks too. You know, it had already right. killed like two or three people and then it was going after Mal. And the crazy thing was Mal could actually, again, he could feel it. He could see it. He and said it, he could I, feel its frequency. Mm -hmm. Which... You know, I don't have theories anymore. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. No. Give it to us. Come on, man. Give me it. Give it to us. Come on. I th I think Mal might be a um, what do they call it? amplifier? The a uh, human amplifier, like yeah, like Bagra and um, a human one. Kerrigan. Yeah. Yeah, 
Alina talked about it with Bagra. Bagra talked about it with Alina when she told her that that was the reason why her power worked so well in Kerrigan because she was like, he's a human am amplifier. And Alina was like, human amplifiers don't exist. She was like, you've been a Grisha for two whole days and you know this already? So right. yeah, human amplifiers do exist. <laughs> so I think Mal, no, because Mal could feel it, and he felt the stag too. Yeah, he said he heard the frequency. Yeah. So you, so you think? Yeah, he heard the frequency. Mm -hmm. So okay. you think that his that his abilities as a tracker is basically him being an amplifier, kind of is almost a it's a property of him being an amplifier. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a combination. It's just like how Nina has these natural gifts that are just right. you know modified by her being um, a heart. Imagine if Inez was a heart render. Like oh shit! Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying she could she. She could Nobody's be one. Safe. I mean, Jesper is one. She could be one. You know, mm -hmm. that's why she throws those knives so well. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, with him, maybe maybe his natural ability as a tracker is just amplified by him being amplified. Mm. And that would also explain why his relationship to her is so close, like why they're so in tune with each other. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's not your theory. It's not a theory. Okay. I'm, it sure I'm sounds based, like one. I'm supposedly it's really close based to a theory, though. Evidence. But you know, okay, so so if we're gonna go that route and that's not a theory for you, you could say the the rest of the episode that deals with them actually kind of uh supports that because after she does kill the sea whip, of course they're back on the ship, they're having like a little ceremony for their lost peers. And then it looks like what they've done is they've taken some of the scales from the sea whip and uh, Tamara is fusing them into her wrists. And when she goes to use her power, we see that it does amplify her power, but it's also to the point where she is, I'm trying to think of the right word. It's almost well, it's, like she's she's drunk with power. Like yes. There's more, yes. more power. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. She's almost in like this bliss, this ec ecstasy, and she can't control it. And Mal has to go, come over and kind of like hug her. And that's right. the only thing that really gets to that, that really gets to her and gets her to stop. And so that your, your, um, <laughs> supposition your supposition that does seem it, to be um that does seem to be it seems sound yeah it's it seems sound <laughs> and of course you know that there's there's the, the again people with power when they have that power it also makes them very aroused and you know that kiss at the end of it i was like yeah she was she was feeling that whole power trip thing but that thing kind of it kind of um in a sense it worries me because one of the things that Kerrigan in his visions with her keeps talking about is how she's gonna be alone, how she's you know, he's all he's talked to her even before about power and how it will um not necessarily corrupt you or corrupt her because he doesn't think he's corrupted but how it will um, basically put her on a level that nobody else can be on except for her and him. But, um, but yeah, that makes sense because it's like 
the way that he used Elena and put the staghorns in her mm-hmm. is like he was actually using it to amplify his power as opposed to amplifying her power. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I mean, so I mean, human amplifiers are definitely a thing. It's just that's, I mean, that's actually not that bad mm-hmm. of a theory. Yeah, just just think, <laughs> thinking of like it's it's like okay, going back to what you said about Kerrigan taking Elena's power to boost his own like that was his whole goal all along he wanted more power he wanted i mean even as powerful as he is he still wanted more so them showing us alina's reaction to being amplified by the sea whip and you know of course the stag and just the way that she can't really control it that just kind it it makes me a little worried because if I know that she's kind of she's been telling him and she's been telling other people like I'm not like him I don't want to be like him I'm going to do what he couldn't do or what he wouldn't do as far as the fold and she keeps talk she keeps protesting about how she's not like him and all I can think about is Daenerys Targaryen and how she kept saying that she was going to be the one to fix things and she was going to she was not going to repeat the mistakes of her father and then they wrote her to do exactly that or exactly the opposite like she she became the mad king on drugs in the final right. season and i'm just worried that they're going to go that route with Elena as well even though her int- intentions are pure I fear that if she gets more power, if she finds this firebird, you know, if she's going to look for the firebird, because right now I don't think her goal is to find the firebird. She was looking for the sea whip because what she wants to do is bring down the fold and she thinks she can do that with just two amplifiers. Right. But if it comes to a point where she can't do it with the two and she has to go find the third, if she gets the third and she gets that power, is it going to corrupt her? You know, because again, this has never been attempted by any Grisha having more than one amplifier. And even though she's not using Merzos like Kerrigan did, what happens if she gets the third amplifier and it's not enough? Not enough to take down the fold, not enough to do what she needs to do, especially once she finds out that Kirigan is alive and he has these fucking shadow monsters. What is she going to is she going to say, oh, well, I have to I have to match him in power so I can defeat him. I just I don't know. I really don't want them to write this as her being pure at first and then she gets corrupted by power because it's like that has been done time and time and time again. Can we right. do something a little bit different? But or it's I, like I don't, I really don't even I don't even want her to just get I know she because she wants this so bad. I don't want her to actually go at it early, like too soon, and then fail. Because I mean, like, what would that do to her psyche? It's like, you know, it's like you you think you have it, you're like, okay, I'm gonna go do it, and you don't do it. It's like, oh my God, like, what do I have to do? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, you know, it's like, I mean, I, I want her to be, I mean, but it's, it's the thing about writing where people are probably like, where the, the writer's probably like, well, 
okay, we'll we'll put her in the situation where she thinks she's ready, then she's not ready, then she doubts, then she gets more, then she is thinks she's ready again, then she's not ready, then she has to make a sacrifice, then she's ready. You know, it's just like crazy. Uh anyway. But she has a second amplifier now. She is more powerful. So we'll see where that's gonna where that's gonna take her. Um let's see. Where do I want to go next? I do want to I, I do want to go back to the crows. Okay. Um, because at this point, Nina is still wanting to find a way to get to Matthias. And that that is like her whole goal with working with the crows. She's just trying to find a way to get to Matthias. And so they have this meeting. And Kaz is like, okay, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to hit Pecker Rollins where it hurts. No, we're not going to blow up any more of his buildings. I'm not going to do that. But what we need to do is we need to get access to his finances. We need to find out everything that he has his, you know, every pocket he has his hands in. So the plan is to uh, break into the office of Pecker's financial manager and steal his books. And they're trying to figure this out because the building that the financial manager is in, it's one of those buildings where, as they say, there are no names on the doors. It's it it it's seeped in an anonymity. So you don't know which office belongs to which person. And, you know, they it's heavily guarded and all of this other stuff. And it's so funny because Kaz is being serious and he's talking about this stuff. And Nina is talking about food. She's like, oh, do they serve this here? And do they serve this here? And she gets up and she walks away from the table. And Kaz is just looking at her like, did this bitch just really get up while I was talking? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I'm trying to be serious here. Can we get, can we focus, please? But it's so funny because when she comes back, she's drinking some tea and everybody's just kind of looking at her like, and so he was like, so we just need to find out, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, it's here. It's on this floor. It's black. And then <laughs> she was like, the waitress told me. I was like, this is why Nina is great. Because she was like, oh, okay. They were like, we're not going to get this information. She was like, yeah, such and such person comes in for breakfast every morning and blah, blah, blah. I was like, this is why we need Nina. Because like you were saying, Anthony, her heart rending just... It, it just adds to the skills she already has. She's a spy. She knows how to get information out of people. And yes, she may sit there and touch a wrist kind of like she did with the desk clerk at the hotel when he was like, you owe me money. And she was like, she just touched his hand and she was like, don't you want to give me an extension? Well, see, see, th this is the thing though. The, the thing is like, she's really good at this. If you're a heart render, people can kind of suss it out. Mm -hmm. Like, so she has had to develop skills to do these things without doing heart render stuff, mm -hmm. which is what makes her the most effective spot. Yes, like, because she's very yeah. charming and she's very flirty. Right. And you can't and she's go very pretty, so people respond to the flirtiness. Everybody loves redheads. You know, but you, you yeah. can't go around heart, devil, rendering, yeah. heart rendering people because people will figure it out. Mm -hmm. You know. So, so that's that's probably really why she's really good at this. Is she's probably had to hide being a heart render, so she's got to do things differently. Well, I mean, right. think about it. She worked for Kerrigan, so mm -hmm. she, I'm sure she knows how to 
do what she does without it being obvious. You know, some people, especially when you're a Grisha, because they talk about you have to use your hands in order to use your powers. So with a lot of Grisha, especially like um, not necessarily the duress, because of course we see with Jesper, that's not that's not the case. Like he doesn't have to do this, the the hand gestures, but he he does stuff with his gun. So I'm assuming that kind of is is, is the way he communicates the power. Yeah. But with the other ones, you see them, especially like the uh, the Inferni and, you know, they have to make these big hand gestures in order to do the big stuff. But if Nina is just going to go talk to somebody, all she has to do is literally sit there and just touch a person very lightly and it works. So it's subtle, but it still gets the job done. And, and there's a reason why Kerrigan basically release her into the world and let her do her own thing mm -hmm. like he just got to tell he just had all he had to do was tell her this is what i need mm -hmm. he didn't have to tell her how to do it where to go to get it she's independent enough smart enough and cunning enough to be able to just go do those things right right and he knew that and that's why she basically has been roaming around <laughs> on her own it seems like for a while yeah yeah, he just knows that herself. she's out there. Right. Mm -hmm. And all he has to do is get the word to her and she's where, wherever he needs her to be. Right. Right. I love so this scene because it's like when she comes back with her waffle, it's like, like Kaz looks at her and is like, really, ho? Really? Really? <laughs> ma'am. Ma'am. I'm trying to, trying to formulate a plan here. And she's just like, yeah, whatever. No, no, no. Okay. Like, okay. So it's, it's Here's the information you were looking for. <laughs> Exactly. And she's still eating. Can I get some water? And they're like, Kaz is probably looking like, okay, just give her whatever she wants. Like, because she just <laughs> effortlessly went and did the thing that needed doing. She got the information. You know? <laughs> she did like 15 seconds. It's like they're like, okay, we we it's gonna probably gonna take us a day, like a day and a night to figure out where where we go and go up there and go up there and find follow them and find them. And she's like, yeah, give me like fifteen seconds. I'll go talk to the waitress and come back with a waffle. And be like, okay, second floor, second door to the left, and da da da. She probably got like, the waffle for free like, too. <laughs> probably, I wouldn't doubt it because she's like that. It's like this is why I love this group. Like, like yeah, she she's got all that. It's like. She instant and, and you could tell at that moment she instantly gained the respect of everyone else in the crew, where they were like, "Okay, she's a heartbreaker or whatever." But then she was like, "They were like, oh, mm -hmm. okay." Especially Jesper. Jesper was like, "I like her being here." It's like, okay, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, she she really does enhance the crew. So right, apparently they they come up with their plan. And that night they enacted Nina is outside and she is the the lookout. You know, Pekka Rollins has apparently, you know, he's not there. He's gone and the, the financial manager is gone or whatever. She goes and she's able to get into the building by, again, flirting with the doorman. And then she kind of heart renders him a little bit, which I was like, Nina, you're not subtle enough. Because I understand you looked around before you did this, but still, a grown-ass man just fainted in your arms and now you're dragging him in the building. That's not subtle at all. But 
I guess there's not She's much else she could do. She knows the extent to where she can do it. She knows where she can like get away with it and where she can't get away with it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, she's like, okay. She, that's why she, she was like, okay, I could probably get away with like getting him and, and put him aside. But it's like, she's really good at that, like, at knowing where she is and what to do. So she's doing that. Kaz and Inez are on the roof because Kaz is going to get into the office through the window, which means he has to be lowered down by Inej. Now, I was looking at this and I was like, Inej has to be strong as fuck. Because Kaz is not a big dude, but he's bigger than she is. Inej is like this little wisp of a person. And she is holding him so that he can get into this window. Like, she lowers him down and he goes into the window. I was like, that Inej just... Yeah. Jesper and Wylan are in a horse-drawn cart following Pekka's, um, the financial manager, trying to make sure that, you know, he's not going back to the to the office or whatever. They're, they're basically trying to make sure that there's not going to be an issue with the plan. And all of that planning... It just didn't work out because when Paz gets into the office and starts rifling through stuff, Pekka Rollins is there. And when you listen to Pekka's, uh, his reasoning, it is sound. He was like, okay, you've already blown up one of my places. You know, I've got lookouts everywhere else. Where's the one place that you're probably going to try to go? Here. It is smart. It makes sense. You know, and then he starts basically telling Kaz, yeah, so I planted traps for all of your people, you know, and like I said, you see that um, with Jesper and Wyland, the card in front of them disappears and then they're attacked. Um, And this is where we get to see Jesper being a complete badass because they're being shot at. He pulls Wyland into the carriage. They, They get on the ground and he starts shooting. And I mean... The, between the slow motion and and I was just watching this scene again in the background, you know what it reminded me of. Did you guys watch the movie Wanted with Angelina Jolie and James McAvoy? Yes, yes. It reminded that's me exactly of reminded them, me like of when she when she tells him to curve the bullet. That's what Jesper was doing, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, this is so cool!" But yeah, he shined in this scene. Not only did he curve the bullet. He curved a bullet to the shut up, Anthony. You can you know hold up, hold up, Mike. Hold up, I'm gonna interrupt you. I'm gonna need you to fix your face, sir. I'm gonna need you to not be rolling your (laughs) eyes. Just go ahead and accept the fact Jesper was a badass and he shined in this uh, episode and in this scene particularly. Just go ahead and accept it and stop the haterade. Just stop exactly. Just stop it. Yes. Stop yeah. drinking that shit. Whatever. Stop drinking that haterade. Whatever. I'm gonna no, turn man. your camera off. Because so because he, he, he shot face. he shot him in disrespect. He shot him, in, shot him in the in the shoulder. He shot him in the shoulder and got him to shoot the other guy that was on the Gatling gun. You you just need to accept the fact that he's like that. Just accept it and move on. Don't don't try to think too much in it. Don't try to think too much about it. Just accept it that Jesper's a badass and let's move on. That's all you gotta do. Sure. Mm-hmm. And Jesper was the one who was like, "Hold up, something's not right." 
He right. was, you know, like we said, Jesper, sometimes he can be, you know, he can be flighty. He could not be paying attention. I mean, he was sitting there kind of sort of flirting with Wyland, you know, and, and not really paying attention. But once Wyland was like, the driver's gone, he's gone. Jesper starts looking around. He was like, hold up. Something's not right. Something's some something's going on. And he, you know, he goes into action. He he actually does keep Wyland from getting killed because one of the um, one of Pekka's guys grabs Wyland and is about to kill him. Jesper shoots him, and then uh, I think Wyland stops someone from hurting Jesper too. Right? Didn't he get on somebody's back and was like doing something? I think yeah. so. You know, mm-hmm. you you had those. And then Inej is dealing with something on the roof. This guy in the creepy mask, I was like, "Uh uh-uh. Something is wrong with this dude. He is not right. (laughs) He is not right in the head. He is not right in the head. He threw a knife at him and it bounced off of him. It's like, Have you ever known anyone who was normal who was into taxidermy? Like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not normal. I'm gonna be like Michelle. We apologize to any taxidermists out there. We're not saying that you all are crazy, but in this particular show, this I, dude was, I never used. I never used the word crazy. Th- this I dude was crazy. Say, don't don't look dude. us up. Do not do not look us up and try to find us for this. But it's like, yeah, that, this dude I mean, he made a mask. He made a mask. This dude was weird. He was weird. And of course, he's working for Pekka Rollins. And Pekka's whole thing, what he was telling the cast, was that um, basically Inej belongs to me. And I'm going to send her back to the menagerie where she belongs. And I'm going to, what did he say? I'm going to put her in a cellar by herself. And I was like, oh, bro, you telling the wrong person the wrong shit. Because if (laughs) one thing Kaz ain't about to do, he is not about to let Inej go back to the menagerie. And of course, the dude on the roof is telling Anish all of this too while he's, you know, looking for her because she does manage to hide from him, but not for long. And they get into this really powerful fight. Now I was like, okay, so they have upped Anish's fighting from last season because this season, woo, she, she was doing some moves, but at the same time, she was getting her ass whooped. And I was just like, no, no, nothing can happen to her. Nothing can happen to her. And she is actually able to get away from this dude, but he roughed her up pretty good. I mean, he mm-hmm. he had her on her on her uh, belly. You know, he had her on the ground. He cut the backs of her arms. And I was just like, oh, he's going to render yeah, her useless. Th- like, I think he did that because he he she was gonna bleed out. He was like, "Yeah, you you're gonna get weaker and weaker." So I think he was waiting for her to bleed out, like. Ugh. So he could so he could take her with you know and take her back to the menagerie, but he yeah. was just that dude. She was not ready for that fight. <laughs> no, because I mean, mm-hmm. if she's dealing with a regular person, maybe. But this dude is sadistic. He is. And yeah, he was saying basically, um, you know, you lose enough blood, you'll give up the fight. Mm-hmm. And then he'll be able to take her back to the menagerie. She's going to be too weak to do anything. And, and she'll end up back where Pekka wants her. And I was just like, no, this can't happen. This can't happen. And then, of course, uh, Kaz 
gets into it with Pekka and here comes Pekka's guys and they're shooting and Kaz looks like he's about to, you know, um, doesn't look good for him. And then here comes Nina. Nina like finally figures out what's going on. She comes up and she does her thing on the guards and she does it on Pekka and she, you know, they're able to get out. But I was like, this was too much of a close call for my crows. Mm. no nobody should be and i know that this thinking is not realistic but i feel like nobody should be able to get the drop on the crows that's just how i feel because kaz is usually so on so on top of it like he has things planned out so well and again like i said i feel like this thing with Pekka has gotten personal yeah, I think that emotions have, have started clouding his judgment a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. Um I think and this is this is why I keep saying that this is like this is like leverage because there are so many parallels. But I think that I mean he I don't think Pekka expected them to have a heart render just to just because just the way that she got the drop on him. Well, because like she, Kaz opened up the door. So that she could see Pekka in the reflection, because again, she has to have, you know, line of sight in order to affect the people that she's yeah. using her powers on. So that was quick thinking on his part as well, as opposed to her coming all the way there. But um, the fact that she got shot, I'm not okay with that. Whoever shot her, that dude needs to die. He needs to die very quickly because no, what we're not about to do is shoot Nina. Help, no, mm -mm, no. Yeah, anyway. I was I was rather upset about that myself. It's like my baby. Yeah, but they all yeah. do get away, which is a good thing. But um, yeah, like Wyland said, he was like, "We got to get away. How do we find out that the others aren't in uh, in trouble?" And Jesper was like, "We can't. We just have to go to the you know the meeting place." And uh, he tells him he was like the black veil then. And Wylan is like, the cemetery? We got to go to the cemetery? But, you know, um, Pekka's guys, again, because Nina has been shot, they really feel like they're about to come into the hallway and shoot her and and be done with her. Mm-mm. She, she fights off, she fights off the uh, guys and she's trying to go to Kaz, but again, there's someone in the office sh actively shooting at Kaz. She knows she can't get to him without possibly getting shot again herself. So she takes off running. Kaz has an explosive. He throws it. He gets out. They all meet at the cemetery, which thankfully they're all okay, you know. But um, yeah, it's it's an... Again, I need Cass to, I need him to get it together. I need him to get it together. And this is the first time where I think you really see Jesper kind of losing his temper with Cass because of the fact that Inej got hurt worse than any of them. You know, um, Jesper's not pleased. He was like, look, this is not going to end well for any of us. And Kaz is like, no, it won't, but I'll be the one to end it. And I was just like, dude, you better have a you better have a good plan. 
because the way y'all just got ambushed, that cannot happen again at all. It can't. Yeah, exactly. It's like, especially since they're who they are, it's like nobody expects them to get handled like that. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I mean, they they did they did rally and get and get back to you know, get back to where they can get away safely. I mean, shout out to Wyland for having the pocket sand or whatever to get for him for him to be able to get away. Him and um Jesper to be able to get away, but it's like, you know, they basically got found out. It's like I mean, whatever little information they got, it's like they still were like almost they they almost got handled. Yeah, it's like you know, I mean, Nina got shot. It's like an edge got knifed, and it's like Pekka got found out too. It's like, and it's like I think that's the worst because Pekka was face to face with Kaz and told him like, I know everything you're gonna do. Mm-hmm. I know an edge is on the roof. I know that Jesper's over there, and it's like the only thing I didn't know is about Nina, but I shot her, so it's like I'm still ahead of you. Yeah. So it's like you know, I still know. I'm still, I still know everything you're going to do. So I'm still ahead. So mm-hmm. screw you. Yeah. But like I said, that shit can't happen again. They cannot get ambushed like that again. Um, so I need Cass to figure his thing out. I need him to get it together. And um, right. yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so let's go to Kerrigan real quick. Because Kerrigan, as we see, is not doing well. Um, we we see that every time he summons the the shadow monsters um and not even summon i think there's it's almost like they're acting on their own to protect him but like yeah, when he calls response. yeah when he calls jenya in to kind of fix his face because of course he has all the slashes on his face and she can only fix some of them like she can't take any of them away completely she can kind of close them off a little bit but the the damage that was done by the volker is is probably permanent and because she can't fix it one of the shadow monsters comes and she was like wait your shadow monsters are here he was like yeah they're they're always with me um and what he wants her to do is he wants her to try to see inside of him you know like is is there something else that she can do and you know she tells him there's nothing she can do she can't fix it it's beyond her skill and that poor Jenya like from the moment we've seen her in season two to when she realizes he's alive and having to go in there to that room she is frightened and I feel like he tries his best to put her at ease because he's very gentle w- with her when he talks to her. You know, he's very polite. You know, even when he snaps at her a little bit, he kind of backtracks it and he's like, you know, thank you. Or, you know, because she did try. She did try to heal him. She just couldn't. And then, of course, her his shadow monsters, you know, when, when she tried to um, when she tried to look inside him to heal him and try to, you know, I guess she was trying to see if she could heal the um the scar on his hand from the antler bone. That shadow monster was like, nope, you're hurting him. I'm about to kill you. 
and she gets her first taste <laughs> of looking at the shadow monster and he he's able to pull it back but you can see it like it's almost like he's getting headaches from trying to control them so i was like yeah that's that that's not going to end well for somebody cuz i feel like if he's having that much trouble controlling them to where it's causing him that kind of physical pain at some point they're going to be independent of him he's not going to be able to control him, them you know there's only so I, much I physical stuff you can you know yeah i don't i don't know how it works but i i don't think i don't think they are independent of him I think they're dependent on him. I'm not. I'm I saying they're, they're not now, but I'm saying I feel like at some point he's going to lose control because if he's having that much pain. Okay. Yeah. Losing control. Being, yeah. 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 I, I feel like he he's not. Yeah. Because he already got impulse control issues. He just manifested them in real life. Right. He has ten, tenuous right. control on himself. Therefore, yeah, he's got tenuous control on them. Mm-hmm. But oh. if he's having that much pain every time they come out, at some point, that pain is going to overwhelm him and he's not going to be able to rein it in. Mm-mm. But I was like, and, and you can see Jenya is frightened as fuck because when she walks oh, out, she's horrified. Room, yeah, she, <laughs> that too, but she's, she's really scared. You know? Yeah. I mean, just, just her reaction. And then, of course, he's like, um, he was like, I, I'll see that you're, I'm going to see to it that your room is in this wing of the house because I need to keep you near, you know, I guess for, to, to help him. Jenny is like, Mm-mm, I don't want to mm-hmm. do that, but yeah. I'm trying to figure mm-hmm. out where they are. Cause they're not in the little palace. So they're somewhere else, but I can't tell where they are yet. I'm, I'm not sure. But, he he mentioned it. He said where they were, but I don't remember. Yeah, I don't I don't remember because um what he said to her was it when she walked in, he said it's good to see Grisha roaming these halls. So I don't know if they're in the actual palace. You know what I'm saying? Because the little palace mm-hmm. was where was the uh location he built for all of the Grisha so that they could kind of be segregated from the the rest of the people in the palace because that was where they were safer. So maybe maybe he's taking over the the palace, or maybe he's somewhere else. Maybe they had another um another safe house somewhere. You know, I mean, he's had safe houses. Maybe, maybe he could have maybe maybe it could have been the place they were before they built the little palace. Could be, could be. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah. you know, we see him later on. He's talking to. He has another um. Uh, he has a new duress because David is apparently still missing. You know, and Jenya makes inquiry about him. She was like, have you heard about David? And he said that, you know, he said, uh, my soldiers are finding more Grisha every day. If he's out there, I'll find him for you. Um, but he has another guy who is working on stuff. And I was like, okay, what is this dude about to do? Hmm. That we, guy had never been had never been in the little palace, right? I don't he think said so. something to him. Yeah, he said something. Where did I find you? He told where Village was. Okay, but you've never been in the little palace. Yeah, I think so. So this is probably a new person who was like, "Oh, the general's back." Okay, let me go see what I can do because, of course, most of the Grisha that are out there again, they're being hunted by mm-hmm. um, 
you know, by the first army. So they probably are like, okay, well, he'll protect us just like he protected us before, especially if rumors about him being alive have have surfaced. You know, I'm assuming that soldiers being dusted and Grisha being freed right near the fold. Yeah, somebody probably said, oh, yeah, that's Kerrigan. He's back. (laughs) But um, we see him going out and he's searching for something and he comes across this new this other Grisha and I can't remember what her name is I'll remember it by um the the next episode but um she seems slightly unhinged too just in the way she I don't know there's something about her that seems off you know I mean um, mean, can you blame them though it's like because I mean for everything that they've been through it's like some people are built to be okay about that and some people aren't. So it's like, you know, I mean, if if their unhinged leader comes back and he's like, follow and I'll get you back to where you're going to be, be like, yeah, okay, cool. And it's like No, some she people, seems some... like she seems a little I want to say she seems more in his inner circle because what we find is she has hidden um she she's um uh I can't think of what what they call her um a squalor she she controls the water no squalor is when what are the ones they call with the water I forgot the water ones yeah okay but she does that and she, she you know Wait, she takes him to this waterfall and there's a hiding place he has one of Morizova's journals and I was like, oh, this is not going to be a good thing because now, you know, and maybe maybe it's just something that he's trying to find so that he can try to learn to control the shadow monsters a little bit better. They're tide yeah. makers. Yes. That. They're tide makers. Control yes. Water. Yes. So because I was thinking in my head, waterbenders, and I was like, no, wrong, wrong show. But, <laughs> wrong show. Exactly. But, you know, the other thing is, you know, he tells her, he was like, okay, uh, do it. And she was like, are you sure? And he just looks at her like, are you questioning me? She was like, okay. She moves the waterfall to the side and you hear, hello, mother. This bitch got Bagra in a fucking cave. Under a waterfall. Under a waterfall, hidden. I was like, you really are like a sucky person, <laughs> Alexander. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I guess... I I don't know I, because just, I, I like I like I like the little jab she had. She was like, "You kept me in this motherfucking place right here, and I still look better than you." <laughs> Let me tell you, Bagger is not with his shit. But the other thing At all. is, it's one thing to be like, "You shouldn't have done that," but at the same time, Bagger was not really making things like. I know that there's more to Bagra's character than what we've seen because she, the way that he talked about her in the first season and even just the flashback that we saw of her when she, you know, she was in the bed and he was, he had just come from killing the general's army and all that stuff. It's like Bagra loves her son is fearful of her son and is also very critical about him and 
I don't know. It's just kind of like one of those weird things where you it, you feel like or you get the notion that she was one of those parents that kind of coddled him. And then when he got out of control, she couldn't do anything about it. Kind of like, you know, I'm equating it to like, you know, we we have issues with criminals and school shooters. And one of the things they always say or, you know, parents will always say is that he was out of control. I couldn't do anything with him. And you just the behaviors. She seemed like she spoiled him, especially because he had the same kind of powers as her because she also controls darkness. She also controls shadows. And she probably did try to teach him to defend himself. And then after a while, once he was like, I'm tired of defending myself. I'm just going to go start killing people if they keep fucking with us. And at that point, what can she do? Because he was more powerful. And then he, you know, he dipped into that little taste of Merzos. So he was like, oh, yeah, this is this is the business. This is my life now. And there's really nothing she can do about it. So I kind of, I don't know. I just feel like there's so much more about that relationship that we just really don't know. And I have a feeling when it comes out, it's going to be one of those. It's like, I mean, I know what they did in the books. I don't know how that's going to play out in the show because I already see, even with just this second episode, they have changed a lot from the books, not in a bad way so far, but I'm just, I don't know. But yeah, you, you kept your mama up under and, and we don't even know how long it's been. I think it's been like, maybe at this point, a few weeks, a few weeks. But the other thing that we see with him is when he's back in his chambers, he, um, you know, he's looking at this, this scar on his hand because he realizes that he may still have some of the sun summoner power in him. And he takes a hot poker and he's about to like, I don't know what he's about to do. Try trying to see what it does, I guess. And his hand starts glowing and he sees the sea whips last memories, which technically speaking is only something that Alina should be able to do since she was the one that killed it. So that's when he was like, you've grown stronger. My Alina, I was like, I think he, I think it's still a piece, a piece of that thing in him. I think so too. I think like she didn't get she didn't get the whole like thing. It's, yeah, it's gonna right. splinter anyway. So mm-hmm. it's probably a piece in there still. Yep. Because it was fused. Like, it was fused to his own bones. Right. So it's probably a piece still in there. Yeah. Some pieces. I was just like, please don't, don't let me. Okay. Timestamp this. You may have to cut this out. But was this episode where it was almost like they were like Kylo and um, what you call it? They were communicating in the vision. Yes, um, but she's she thinks that she's dreaming this. Right, but I think and he I think realizes he that he's, he's actually talking. He's actually no, talking he, to her. And so, but he, he doesn't realize it either because when the conversation they had at the beginning, where she was in the kefta. And then she took off mm-hmm. the kefta and she was like, I will never wear your colors again. He thinks he's dreaming too. But I think towards the end of the episode, when he real when he sees the the sea whips last memories and he realizes what has happened, 
I think that's when he realizes that there's a connection. Kind of similar also to um, uh, Harry Potter and Voldemort. Because that... Or, I'm just saying, Order and the Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. They they were doing the yeah, same yeah. thing where you know Harry uh, Harry could kind of see what Voldemort was doing, and Voldemort wasn't aware of the connection. But when he was, he used it against Harry. You know, mm-hmm. so I feel like it's going to be kind of sort of something similar. But yeah, so now I just hope it doesn't become this thing where it's like he's watching her while she's sleeping. He's watching her while she's doing what I, I don't I don't want that. I mean, we already know that that Kerrigan is very um hmm, he has no boundaries. <laughs> he has no I boundaries. When when he when it comes to Alina. So I'm just I hmm, yeah. But they are connected now, apparently. I don't think she realizes it yet though. Because she still does not she still does not know he's alive. So when that realization comes about, that's gonna be some hell to pay. But anyway, um, yeah. we gotta talk about Matthias real quick because Matthias is in Hellgate. Um, still pissed off. He has a roommate who was basically like trying to get him to calm down and just be like, "Look, this is this is what your life is now, and you just gotta you just gotta." do what you're supposed to do don't cause any waves don't cause any problems and we see some flashback you know because because matthias is pissed and then you see flashbacks or him remembering him and nina being intimate and i was like oh i guess i guess a lot did happen during that time that we didn't see that we didn't see on screen so yeah i would be really pissed too if if the person who got me to let down my walls and actually like they were they were having sex they were doing the one thing that Matthias probably would never have thought to do with the Grisha. And then, of course, she sells him out, even though, yes, she did it to save his life. He he still doesn't know that. All he's thinking in his mind is, I'm here in this fucked up prison. She sold me out. She lied to me. He's getting mad. I was like, oh. And the more he remembers what they did, the more upset he's going to get. I mean, I probably would too. And you know, were you not getting Count of Monte Cristo feelings from this whole well, absolutely, situation? absolutely. Okay, yeah. All right, I thought it was just me. <laughs> no, it it, it has the vibe. Except, gonna... You know, she's a little bit different from Mercedes because Mercedes did what she had to do to survive because she didn't know of uh, Fernand's treachery. In this, Nina did what she had to do to make sure that he wasn't killed or wasn't taken. Because I'm telling you, if Fedor and the Grisha had taken Matthias back to Kerrigan, Matthias would be done. Especially yeah. because he was Driscella. He's responsible for the disappearance of a lot of Grisha. Yeah. Yeah, he's a witch hunter. Yeah, Kerrigan <laughs> would not have had any leniency any no there would have been no nothing matthias would be dead right i'm trying i was trying to i was trying to find one of dante's quotes 
I swear he said something about hate is all I have. Mm -hmm. That's where Matthias is gonna be. That's all he's got left. I have a question. Do we do we see these like the the little intimate the 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 intimate scenes between Matthias and Nina? No, we didn't see that last season, did we? No. So I'm no. like, I see those when when he's like he's like hands against he's like, oh my god, I can't believe this. And it's like you see like the scenes. I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah, damn. the scenes where it's in red. No, those are those are flashback scenes from his point of view. So that stuff apparently is what happened off screen, probably from between the whale hut and when they arrived in I forgot what, what right. town it was. So probably yeah, while they were on waffles. the road. Yeah. So Yeah, because I was like, oh, oh damn. I see now. I, I just assumed they did. <laughs> I kind of I, I assume too, yeah. but it's like this is just like confirmation. I'm like, oh damn, yeah, they did. Okay, See, I yeah, wasn't sure. So many ways you can keep warm. Yeah, that this yeah. is true. This is true. <laughs> I mean, you know, you got you got. I mean, you know, got to save a life. It's like you know, yeah. She was she was just trying. She was just trying to help help preserve him. So it's like, and he was preserving her. So mm -hmm. they're preserving each other. Yeah, because you know when you get cold, the blood leaves your extremities first. Exactly. So, so you, so you got. I so mean, she told him as flowing. much in the well hut. She was like, when she was telling him, she was like, "Those wet clothes will be the death of you. Take them off." And you know, she had already gotten undressed in the bed, and he was like, "She was like, uh, uh, not with those clothes on. You are not curling up to me, no." So yeah. She, oh, but you take them off. You come right on in here, buddy. Come on. I mean, exactly. body heat is body. I mean, body I mean, heat is body get, heat. Yeah, I'll, I'll. She's like, I'll warm your heart, baby. Come here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rid your heart good. Come here. Oh, but yeah. So I, I, I would be pissed too if I was Matthias thinking about all of that and where I am now. But I mean, even. And I know he was mad at first because he wakes up, he's in a cell. He's been obviously been heartrended and he probably thought she was the one that did it, you know? So he's already pissed off. So when, you know, at the end of last season, when she comes down to talk to him and she was like, look, I did this to save your life. This is what I'm going to do. When we get there, I'm going to tell them that I, you know, that I, that that wasn't the case and blah. And when the guy in the other cell was like, oh, no, that's not how this plays out. He's going to Hellgate. There is no he'll be there for about six months before he even thinks about seeing a trial. And she didn't know that she was just basically trying to she was thinking fast. She was like, I'm trying to get him away from the Grisha. And this is the best way for me to do it. So I, I don't know. And of course, he probably doesn't believe that because I know she told him I was trying to save your life. And he's like, yeah, whatever, because he never saw the Grisha. No. So I don't know, but I need him to not be mad at Nina. I know that's hard for him right now. Trust me, he'll he'll get over it. <laughs> Everybody loves Have Rick. you seen Nina? He'll be he all right. Is. He'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, but he <laughs> can't see right. Nina right now because he's in he's in prison and she's out there in the world living he, well, he, I won't say she's living her best life. He thinks she's probably out there living her best life. First of all, we we we're we're not gonna, we're just gonna be transparent here. He has plot armor. He'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. Nina has plot armor. She'll be all right. Inez, <sighs> we've seen her plot armor at work. They'll all be all right. Yeah, yeah, I I, I exactly. get that. Yeah, 
But I'm just Neither. saying, uh, you know, for my I mean, shipping if, heart, if Nina, I need Matthias to, I need him to, I need him to understand. If, if, Nina, if Nina's part of Crows, Matthias is going to be all right. It's like, you know, it's like, because that's where I go. It's just like, she's a member of the crew. She's going to break him out. She's going to be all right. He'll be fine. I don't know. Be- That's the tall order because Kaz said we we can't we can't break people out of hell gate. Yeah, he. I mean, Kaz was on. Like that's something like, we can't do. We, we can we can figure some stuff out, but that is something that's not happening. Yeah, we we can give him a message. But, uh, <laughs> you might well, be I might be able to get you in to see him, see him, but we can't break him out. But and I like I mean, Kaz for that one reason. Kaz is honest for the most part. He's very it. honest, especially what they can and can't do. Right. He knows their limitations. Every good every good con artist like him would know what his limitations are. Yep. Because he doesn't have magic. None of them do except for Jesper and Nina, but they can only use that so far. You know, they can only go so far with that. Um Nina, of course, has great command of her powers. But I'm going to assume that Jesper doesn't because aside from him doing what he does with the guns. Jesper is an expert. He is fine-tuned. You can't throw those bullets around like that without having No, that's what I'm saying. I think he he has done that with – he's fine-tuned with the bullets. But think about all of the other situations that they have been in where metal has been – a part of it and he's not really right. done anything with it be, don't don't be surprised if we had like a flashback of him doing stuff yeah you it's like when it was like when Cass said oh your gun jammed and all of a sudden it started working yeah and you fixed my you fixed my cane without uh without any no tools. tools yeah yeah yeah. Trust me. I he, mean, but that doesn't necessarily make him an expert. I mean, it's yeah, like, it does. Because there's other, other, he can other do, skills he can do, that can do. No, you can, can do, do more little, things. You can do little tiny things with precision. You're an expert with your powers. Okay. Because that means big things is easy. It's the little tiny things that's difficult. Right. Okay. I I I get mm. that. But yeah, so I I guess I guess we'll see more about Jesper's power in later episodes especially since now that you know they gave us the reveal in the first episode and then they gave us that magnificent scene in the second episode so we can only go on from here right so yeah sure you know what stop it no we're not going back i'm ignoring don't 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 give him don't give him any of your energy we're not we're not dealing with his negativity we're just gonna ignore him this is optimism it's gonna get better. this is optimism. <laughs> I've heard you be optimistic before, sir, and this is not it. Real. <laughs> Seriously. I'm just saying. I'm oh just my saying. god. Okay. I like the privateer. He's cool. I like him. Thank, thank you. I do. I, I I really like him. And sh- shout out to you for actually saying not saying pirate and saying privateer. Because there is a there is a difference. We don't know what the look, distinction. I, I'm kind of like Mal. I'm sure. like, so what's the difference? <laughs> Mal is like, so what's the difference? Nina's like, because nobody uses the word privateer. They all say, but, yeah. Did, didn't Queen Elizabeth hire private 
hire pirates for their war against the Spanish Armada. Oh, wait, they were—they were, they were privateers. They weren't pirates. The East India Company were privateers. They were pirates because they were hired by the Queen. I think mm. that's the difference. Are you being paid or are you stealing? Uh, oh, no, I got, you know I got to go. yeah. So <laughs> I got I got to go watch Pirates of the Caribbean again to be sure. I'm not sure how how that works. Jack Sparrow would never claim to be a privateer. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> that is so beneath him. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to sum this episode up, Elena now has the second amplifier. Um. Kerrigan has control issues. Jenya is frightened. The crows have been kind of sort of bested, but are not down yet. Not if Kaz has anything to do with it. Oh, that's the other thing. Going back to what you were saying, Anthony, did you notice that when Kerrigan was seeing the Sea Whip's last memories, did you notice Mal's face was glowing? No. Go back and look at that scene. Mal's face is glowing. The sea whip saw a glow in his face. So kind of like you were saying that Mal hears the amp, he hears the frequency. Mm. Maybe they can sense him too. And maybe that's why, again, that sea whip seemed pissed that it had been found. Maybe it figured out that Mal was the reason why it got found. Because again, Mal was able to see or i guess you could say see because that that sea whip was kind of good at camouflage he was able yeah, to feel and see what it was so maybe that sea whip was like oh this is the dude this is how they found me let's kill him so i can go hide again but yeah his face was glowing in kerrigan's vision that, that would make sense mm-hmm that sea whip was like, no. That means, that means your theory is, theory is sound. <laughs> he might be a human amplifier. Whatever. But that would also <laughs> explain why he was able to help Alina contain the power once she got the scales. Because again, she, she couldn't control it. And she was she was feeling that that uh you know that power trip. And he just hugged her and it yeah. just kind of you know, I I don't know. Yeah, she was posing. It's like I don't even think that Kerrigan needed to look at his hand. He could have looked out his window and be like, "Oh, what the fuck is that?" I think they're in another because part. Sure they're in another they, part they're of in, the world. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't think they're anywhere near. I mean, still, no. she was. I mean, okay, yeah, she was on the other side of the fold. But it's like, I mean, she was pulsing hard. Like they were, they were showing it outside the ship. It's like. It went it went out like a few yards, like a few yards out from the ship and up. It's like, oh shit. Yeah. It's like, I mean, she was she was posting pretty there. And then it's like it seemed like after Mal after Mal grabbed her, it seemed like she was kind of like in a euphoric state, like when she kissed him. Mm-hmm. Like like she like she really felt it like, oh hey, that's what I was saying. Hey, you hey. know, a lot of people when they talk about power trips and when they have that that high off of power, it also makes them very aroused a lot for a lot of people. And that's why I was saying, like when right. she kissed him, she was still feeling all of that. I think it was one of those things where it's like, um, excuse me, Alina, there are you you, you have witnesses. You calm it down. Like it's a whole crew. Calm it down. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I don't think she, in that moment, it was just her and him for her. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot going on, but like I said, I need Cass to get it together. I need him to get some control. Because I understand him wanting to take down Pekka, but I need him to do it in a smart way, not in a way that's going to get the rest of his crew killed. Because, I mean, granted, I don't think any of them die because, again, I have not read the book, but uh, the books. But, um, yeah, this this episode was a little too close for comfort as far as how how much in danger they were. And now he's on Pekka Rollins' radar in a huge way. And not just that, Pekka knows the whole crew now. And he also knows you have a heart render. So if y'all stay in the city, you've got to be extra specially careful to not get put in that same type of predicament again. They're going to have to make some smart decisions, some smart moves. And Kaz is going to have to find some allies. That is um, that is one thing we did kind of skip over. He did go to one of the other um, bar owners and tried to not necessarily muscle his way, but he was trying to talk his way into an, an allyship. And the other dude was like, your name is mud around here. I'm not about to get into this with you. And don't you ever show your face around here again. Cass needs to find some allies. But I don't know. I I like this episode, but again, I the crow that that was too close for my comfort. I don't like them being in that kind of danger. Yeah, and theirs was on the ropes. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, like uh-uh. No, that's that's not good. She she was almost done uh wyland was almost done until jet jesper was able to uh get control of the situation again nina getting shot even though i think it was that was probably like she just got grazed but oh hey yeah that, yeah that was, that was just lucky that was just luck i did she, she had did them talk, did we talk about the guy that was trying to choke jesper and he bent the bar Oh, okay. Yes. So then that negates what I was saying earlier because I, I did completely forget about that. That was this episode, right? I yes. I think yes. And then yeah. also, um Yeah, because yeah, okay. the bar was bent right around his neck. Yes, that's yeah. right. And he was taking it, he was taking it off. Yep, because that's when um that's when Wyland jumped on that dude's back. Yeah. Because he was trying to save Jesper. And yeah, then the dude yeah, was yeah. about to hit Wyland and Jesper shot him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yes, that, that, okay. Yes. So that negates what I said earlier. Cause I forgot that that was in this episode. Yes, you're right. He did bend the bar. So yeah, he got some skill. I guess it's a good thing that we are seeing Jesper's skills because other than that, we all would have been like, what in the world are you doing? But again, Ivan kind of figured it out in the last season when he kept hitting him in the same, in the same spot. spot. Yeah, right. he was like, hold mm-hmm. up, you're a ch- I'm going to knock you out before you finish that sentence. 
I wouldn't do this, but it would be interesting to go back and watch all his scenes from the first season. I know. To see, I did. You did to see when he ever well, did any of that. And I re I rewatched all of the first season before the second season started, and then I've gone back and just like you know I, I've told y'all before about my YouTube dives. Sometimes I just go and just look for specific things, and it's like watching his scenes. They don't make it obvious, but mm -hmm. yeah, you can kind of see it. and and like um what was it that Cass said when he finally made it known that he knew he was talking about. He said, your, your gun jammed on Arkin's train and you fixed it. And I do remember that part being kind of weird because he was trying to shoot and nothing was happening. So, And and he had Arkin, I mean, he had uh, Milo in his arm. So it's not like he had time to sit there and fidget with it. He literally, the vocal were coming after them. So watching that scene again, it's kind of like, oh, okay. And then if you think about it, whenever he needs to make a particular shot, he always does this with his gun like he's listening to it. He always puts it near his face and he just does this like he's like he's concentrating so hard on what he has to do. And, mm -hmm. and that is very evident in that scene where he's shooting Ivan and he keeps shooting him in the same spot because every time he does it, it's almost like he's concentrating, like he's telling this bullet, okay, this is where you need to go. Or maybe now that we know that he's a duress, maybe he can kind of like Mal can sense the frequency of the, the um, amplifiers. Maybe there's not necessarily a frequency that Jasper can, can hear, but maybe he's that in tune with the metal or he can sense the metal and that's how he can concentrate on where it needs to go. So it's like he had already shot Ivan in that one spot. So maybe he was like, okay, I feel where the bullet went. This is where it needs to go again. That's the, mm -hmm. because I think that's the only, that particular scene. And I think we talked about this last, uh, last season with that particular scene, we were like, Jesper has to be a Grisha. We all said it. We just weren't sure. Right. So, yeah. Because if you think about it, I know this is getting into the weeds, but like, if he can sense the metal, he can sense the metal in the armor plate mm -hmm. and he could sense where he hit it the first time. So he just knew to hit it there every time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's interesting. Yep. No, but no, I'm not gonna go back and watch Jesper. I'll just go yes, to YouTube. You, you gotta I'll go, go back, back and watch. I'll just YouTube and frame it and nope. make sure that he hit him in the exact same spot. That's nope. exactly I'm what just you're gonna, gonna YouTube do. It. You're gonna go do that as soon as we get off nope. this podcast. Nope. nope, I'm just gonna YouTube it. YouTube is a lot. <laughs> every time Jesper was a durist in season one. <laughs> you probably will find it <laughs> exactly and you're, and you're gonna freeze frame it it's like you, you ain't no. gotta go back to netflix you can do it on youtube go ahead knock yourself out no no yeah so uh do we have anything else to say about this episode i think we got everything um, shout out jesper's to... awesome jesper is awesome mm -hmm. and matthias's um cellmate told him not to speak Fjordan and 
because he he got he got punished and burned on his neck for speaking Fjordan instead mm-hmm. of whatever other language they had. Right. So, so yeah, Matthias is in a spot. He needs he needs to hurry up get it, get the fuck out of there. And but shout out to them for giving for giving them old lobster. That was just when that dude was like, "Yes, yeah, old." But yeah, but I mean, fun fun fact. It's like in the wild in the like back in the days when with the with the wild wild west days, it's like they used to give people lobster and lobster as because lobster was just like trash. It's like they catch it all the time off the coast of California, hmm. and they were like, "Okay, well, we just feed it to everybody." It was just like shrimp shrimp is to these days. That's how lobster was. It's okay. like they were everywhere. So yeah, like, they oh, used to have lo- lobster stands in New York or something like that, and then mm-hmm. someone put it in their restaurant, and all of a sudden it became this thing where, right. where everyone, it became this delicacy. Right. Whereas before, they I mean, were basically just selling it on the street corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. exactly. They're basically like hot dogs because, I mean, technically lobsters are are the same same class as cockroaches, but we're not going to discuss that. That's in this <laughs> Yeah, another let's, part of, part of let's not have that discussion now. So on that note, that is it for our show. You can find <laughs> us online at www.phantomhybrid.com. We are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Phantom Hybrid. You can watch our videos on our YouTube channel. You can chat with us on our Discord channel, and you can listen to us on all major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time. Bye.